Hello and welcome to another episode of Corgi Town USA, a podcast for pets and their people. I'm Candy, owner of Corgi Town USA. In my lap is Chuckles. We also have Digby and Booger and Hammer and Mortimer somewhere around here in the studio. So if we lose equipment, ladies and gentlemen, we will be right back because some of that frapping has been known to disconnect us. Yes, indeedy. And I'm Catherine, the co-host and uh, producer of Corky Town USA at home today. I I want Corky Town um, I want Corky Town fan prayers for our little Wigan, the honorary Corgi. Uh, he is in fact a an Australian cattle dog, but he's an honorary Corgi for the show. And uh, last week he was in fact bit by a rattlesnake in our backyard. Uh, he's healing nicely, but do send good energy and prayers to the little Wigan's back left foot. Yeah, oh, poor Wigan. Yeah, we live in the desert, so we have some kind of harsh critters that can make life a little difficult with us from time to time. Yes, indeed. But uh, we this is another installment in our creator series. If you have been with us, we are. Uh, this is wrapping up season three. So yes. if you've been with us these last three seasons, you know that we dedicate a portion of our show to artists and creative minds that either have corgis, write about corgis, paint corgis, create corgi themed items, or just have corgis and our artists. Yeah. Um, we like to kind of let everybody know about independent artists and creators. And I was excited at Corgi Beach Day to meet another author. Indeedy. Should I bring her on? We should. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, please meet Miss Caroline Perry, author of The Queen's Corgi. Welcome. Hi. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're so glad that you took time to be with us today and tell us about your book. We want to kind of get started and ask you, um, how did you get started writing? What was your inspiration? So writing in general, I've been a journalist forever. I, all I've ever wanted to do was write. And even when I was in college, I had my first piece published in a national newspaper in the UK when I was still in college. Wow. Amazing. And I've just been writing ever since. But I really, my real dream was always to write for children. Even before I had my own children, I, just, I was so impacted by books I read when I was a child. You know, those ones that stay with you forever, yeah. how you can actually change a child's whole outlook. And I wanted to be able to do that to reach um, children. And this particular book has been three years in the making. It's a very long process. And as I'm sure you know, publishing is littered with rejections and with heartache. <laughs> it's never a straightforward process, but um, it really is a dream come true to have this book coming out later this month and it's going to be in the hands of children. So exciting and such a beautiful story, such an important story that I think will touch a lot of children. I love it. And when's the official release date? November 22nd. So very Ooh, soon. Very <laughs> get, that, get that book November 22nd. Well, I think by the time we broadcast, but we'll be able to tell everybody where to get it. Absolutely. Yes. Everywhere that sells books. <laughs> yes. If you can buy a book, you can buy the Queen's Corgi. Exactly. Yes. And I'm going to show off, uh, if you're listening and not viewing, go over to our YouTube page. We got some kind of funsies for Corgi Beach Day. We have some some little doggy snacks. Those are going to go home with Digby. <laughs> so, and we have um, kind of a picture of the book and kind of a little description here. And then we have some fun stickers. I love the stickers. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I like, which one's your favorite? There's quite a few here. I like the one with the cover, uh -huh. the queen and the corgi. I mean, I don't know. I love them all. I, it's hard. I, I really love uh, the one. Yeah, in, the cover. In, the, oh, okay. So that's the cover of the book where the yeah. queen, the queen is kissing the corgi, or, the, corgi. or with the multiple corgis. Yes. <laughs> Sticker here with multiple and, and corgis. Then, and then the one with just the corgi. Yeah. 
the corgi. The corgi. With Susan, yes. Susan, <laughs> the Susan. first corgi. And yeah. then I have a bookmark as well. Looks like there's a QR code on the back. Mm -hmm. Does the QR code take us to where we can get the book? Absolutely, yeah. Mm -hmm. Smack cat in the face over here. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so would you, you, did, you mentioned Susan. Yeah. That's the queen's first corgi. I will, I will say what I know. Okay. About Susan. And that was, I think she had 30 corgis, the queen did, Queen Elizabeth, mm -hmm. and they all descended from her first corgi, Susan. Yes. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it sounds like Miss Caroline here and it has more information on Susan. Tell us what you know. So I'd always wondered, everyone knows that the queen loved corgis. I mean, she was synonymous with that breed, wasn't she? Every corgi owner certainly knows that she was the most famous. I think she was probably the first person that made them popular as a pet because they were obviously working dogs before that. Indeed. So I wondered, what was it that made her love them so much? She could obviously have any animal she wanted. And why did she have so many? And when I started researching her early life, the Queen's early life, it was just such a remarkable story. So when she, when the then Princess Elizabeth was 18, it was during World War II, and she was separated from her parents. She and her sister were sent to Windsor Castle while Hitler was bombing the UK. And the, the UK was very heavily bombed. Uh, Buckingham Palace was actually bombed where her parents had stayed. So this was a very terrifying time for two young princesses. Mm -hmm. And when her 18th birthday came around, of course she could choose anything she wanted. And uh, she told her father, King George VI, the only thing I want is a corgi puppy of my own. She wanted her own corgi companion. And that little puppy, Susan, was her 18th birthday present. And she and this little dog were just inseparable. Uh, she was with her for some of the most important moments of her life. She was with her during the war. She was with her when she signed up to, um, to serve in a women's regiment um, in the military during the war. She was with her when her father very sadly passed away. She was actually even with her on her wedding day. The queen, the then Princess Elizabeth, hid Susan under a rug in her wedding carriage because she didn't want to be um, away from her best friend on the biggest day of her life. Nobody knows that. It's a true story. So millions of people were lining the streets of London, cheering for the radiant royal bride, and nobody knew that Susan was hidden under a rug playing at Elizabeth's feet. Um, she, yeah, she was also there when she was crowned queen and when uh, Elizabeth had her first child, who, Charles, who is now King Charles. So, And then Susan had her first puppies a few months after Elizabeth had her first child. So... It's just such a beautiful story. And um, as you said earlier, Susan actually was the matriarch of all 14 generations of the Queen's Corgis. So really, really special relationship that she had with that dog. You've educated me because I, I knew just sort of the very, uh, very surface mm -hmm. of, of the, yeah. the tale of Susan and, and yeah. how, how she got started with Corgis. And I love that. Thank you so much for educating <laughs> us on that. Yeah, it's a really wonderful story. So, my, my question is, Princess Elizabeth, you're going to be queen. You want the corgi in the carriage. Yeah, just take the corgi out and show it off to everybody. Well, the queen had rules to she adhere to. You, yeah, it's a little bit against royal protocol, I think, to have. <laughs> you know, and as you know, corgis, they, they can be quite mischievous. So <laughs> could have been some Never. in that royal carriage. But she, <laughs> she was just adamant she had to have her best friend by her side on her biggest of day of her course, life. Of course, of course. A lot of dog owners can relate to that. They don't want to be away from their 
No. Precious pups. That's why we take them everywhere. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's but I, I like that you brought that up though, because that could be probably a misconception that just because you're the princess of the queen doesn't mean that you can break the royal protocol. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's why they never made me queen. <laughs> Is that why? <laughs> that's that's one of the many, many reasons. <laughs> Well, all right. So I guess, uh, Caroline, can you tell us, was Susan naughty? Well, I think like many corgis and like many dogs, you know, she had her moments. She was very sweet and affectionate with the queen, but she did. She got in trouble. She did uh, nip a royal clock winder and she also nipped a policeman on the bottom. <laughs> she, <laughs> she was a little bit naughty sometimes and I <laughs> I think uh, the queen, of course, the then princess, later queen, she always took Susan's side and she was very good at disciplining her corgis and at training them. She, at one point, she had more than a dozen at one time. So she had to be wow. very, but again, animals are predict unpredictable sometimes. So she, yes. she did invest a lot of time in, in personally training them and also in hiring you know, the best trainers and to make sure that uh, they were well behaved most of the time. But <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like my kind of corgi, though. Exactly. Yeah, she was she was spirited. She was a spirited dog. Spirited, and I, I like think, that. I think Elizabeth really loved that about her because, of course, she had to be very prim and proper at all times. Um, maybe she was living vicariously through this <laughs> little corgi in a way. Yeah, they're kind of punk rock. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah, and, I, for sure. And and I was gonna say, um, I I know Queen Elizabeth is known for. Uh, and I've seen special. She is a, a practical joker. Really? Yes. She was a she was a, a practical joker, and uh, I've seen interviews with her cousins that when she was younger, she was a practical joker. So I'm sure a, a, a Corky's, you know, somewhat little personality. I've read some stories. I've read that there was she visited a country that is very patriarchal is that mm -hmm. a way to put and she was meeting a leader a world leader and showed up and drove the car oh yeah that 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 would make perfect sense she she was very independent and very much someone who liked to I mean there was a story some American tourists visiting Scotland you know the queen absolutely loved Scotland spent much of her her time there and um these American tourists just ran into her with one of her staff members and they said hey have you ever met the queen we heard she lives near here <laughs> not knowing that she was the queen and she completely went along with the joke and she offered to take a picture of these tourists with her assistant so she <laughs> she was like I've never met the queen but he has and they still didn't get it <laughs> like, somewhere in America there is a couple who now probably thinks oh my goodness I had this insane interaction with the queen she she went along with the joke it's just really hilarious that she she had that sense of humor and she could laugh at herself as well she yes she wasn't the, like, don't you know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I love those stories. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. We just had a, a very nice gentleman by the name of Sam Cater on the show. Mm -hmm. And he has corgis, uh, Snowden, Jam, and Honey. Oh. Right. And they live. Uh, honey, Susan, the queen had a, a corgi named Honey. Sugar yeah. and Honey were Susan's two puppies, actually. Sugar and Honey. Yeah. They, well, Sam and his pack, they, they live right across from Windsor. Oh, wow. And oh, wow. so he had educated us that corgis are not as popular in the UK as they are in the States and mm -hmm. that he has, it's the, it's a mom and two, two babies. Right. Mm -hmm. And he, they just happened to be walking along the, the gate of Windsor and someone mm -hmm. asked if it was the queen's corgis. Oh, no. And he says, well, no. And then now they're 
they're becoming famous. They're doing news wow. segments. They're in the movies now. They just really grew a popularity from this chance meeting. But yeah. I love it. And I love the story. And I love what I've read and what you've kind of told us. I've, I've read some things where it's been said that she, that the queen really liked the sort of rebellious nature yes. of the corgi. Yes, absolutely. She, 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 again, she wasn't able to show emotion in public. She wasn't even able to choose her own friends or her destiny. I mean, we have to remember that she was never supposed to be queen. Right. She was actually living a very normal life out of the spotlight, playing with regular kids. Um, no one expected her uncle to abdicate the throne. And also no one expected her uncle to not have any children. Had he had children, even if he'd abdicated, they would have um, been ahead of her in the line of succession. So the odds of her becoming queen were really minuscule. But she really, at the age of 10, when her uncle abdicated, had to take on this huge responsibility. And she was basically told, your life is not your own anymore. So she, the one thing that she had for herself was her pets. She was able to choose them and to really, I think, tell them her secrets and stories that perhaps she couldn't trust other people with because everyone's going to leak stories, aren't they? And yes. she was in a very uh, uniquely difficult situation, which as you know, she handled with incredible grace. Um, and these dogs were just so important to her. Yeah, I certainly lean on mine emotionally. Yes. That makes perfect sense. That's the perspective I haven't thought about too. I imagine yeah. that's a hugely emotional thing to, well, you know, that seems wonderful on yeah. the surface. You are going to be the leader of a <laughs> of an entire kingdom. Mm-hmm. But when no. you're a kid, you're told, well, yes, but you no longer make your own life choices. Right. You can't go to a restaurant. You can't go out with your friends. You can't have play dates. You can't, I mean, it, it, it's a burden unlike any other, I think, Um and again, these dogs were really a lifeline for her in many ways, I think. Yeah, yes. that makes perfect sense. It, it, it's refreshing to know that she trained them, that yeah. she interacted with them. She didn't go, okay, uh, you, 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 and you, you're my new corgis now. No. And, uh, go get <laughs> trained and come back when you're, you know, when you're good boys and girls. Yeah, because so, that works. There's actually a lovely story about her corgis is when um, they used to, because she used to take them out for all their walks and she did. She, she fed them, hand, she used to hand feed Susan from a platter. She was very involved with the dogs. And apparently when she used to walk into a room, her, to the corgi room at the palace, there was a dedicated corgi room. She'd walk in, in her tiara, the dogs would lie down and whimper because they knew she was going out to an official function. But when she'd walk in in her headscarf, which is what she used to wear when she went to forks, they would jump up and bark. Be so so they, they knew <laughs> when, when she was up for playtime and for walkies or when she had to go and be the queen. So it's remarkable how, um, I mean, we know they're such clever dogs, but yes, they, they much preferred the off-duty Elizabeth because they got, they got to have it all to, them, all to themselves. <laughs> of course. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Yeah. I can see him picking up on that. I know when dinner time is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They do know when dinner time is. I just think it's all day long. <laughs> they wish. They yes. wish. Yes. So the, what prompted the book? So very much it was, um, again, that curiosity. What? Why? Everyone says, if you ask anyone around the world, what animal did the queen love? Even people who aren't royal watchers, they say, oh, corgis, 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 corgis. But right. why? I just thought, what? what what was that defining moment nobody just accidentally becomes obsessed with a particular animal do they it's something happens as a defining moment and again when I started the research and I found out that it was during her childhood that this um this attachment uh, formed and again I think many people can relate to that certainly in my childhood I really needed my pets I think sometimes other humans can't <laughs> yes. can't help you in a way that pets can. And even if you don't have pets, for some children, it's a stuffed animal or it's just an inanimate object. But 
um, I think certainly, especially children who've been through difficult times, whether it be a divorce or a, a moving countries or so many things that really impact children. Um, of course, she had a on a different scale, but yes. it's very re still very relatable to a lot of people. I don't know what I'd have done without my dogs when I was growing up, honestly. And I think yeah. so many people I speak to say the same thing, whether it was their hamster yes. or their rabbit or their, whatever, their goldfish even. It just that outlet um, without judgment, that unconditional love that we all crave. And I think yes. just because you're a princess or a queen, it doesn't make you any different to the rest of us in terms of your emotional needs. And in some ways, because the pressure is so much higher, maybe they need it more. Maybe they need that, that love from animal more. So, so that makes it, it really that. humanized her. The story really humanized mm -hmm. her in a way that I don't think um, has been widely known up until this point. So I, I, pe people have to know this. And I have to tell you, there's a really special story about this book. So when I sent the manuscript to my agent, of course, it was just words, no pictures. This was at the very, very start of the pandemic. So all the schools had just closed. Um, and as you, you must remember, back in March 2020, we were all very terrified. We didn't know yes. what happened. We were just watching the news and seeing all these very tragic stories about death numbers and what have you. Mm -hmm. um, so my agent had a young daughter at the time. I think she was six. She was very scared. She was an only child. Again, you, know, you can't see your grandparents and your friends. And she read the manuscript to this little girl. And the little girl was really... Um, taken with this to the point that she started having a little invisible friend called Susan and Aww. she would she would talk about Susan all day long and and she'd just talk about wanting a corgi wanting a corgi wanting a corgi and then through some really serendipitous circumstances because as you remember nobody could get puppies during the pandemic everyone suddenly wanted a right. little female corgi puppy happened to become available in their neighborhood uh, which they then adopted and she is now named Susan and there is a real Susan who is that little girl's best friend. And she says it was the best day of her life when she got Susan. So Aww. it's it already impacted a child to that level and really helped her during a very traumatic time in her life during the pandemic. Um, and that was just so remarkable for me that before it was even a book, it was able to really impact a child's life. And I very much hope that this actual physical book now with all the beautiful pictures by Lydia Corey, that it will um, it will resonate with a lot of children. I think, and with a lot of adults too. It's it's a story that everyone can enjoy and appreciate, I think. I think so, absolutely. Yeah, I'm moved. Yeah. I'm already I, moved. I do yeah. like it. You know, it, <laughs> yes, you're you're absolutely right. It, it, it humanizes the queen mm -hmm. and, um, you know, and it it shows the importance of, of having that... Um, you can't say person because well they're little people um it it, it it shows the importance of having that unconditional love what a difference unconditional love can make yeah. and how we as humans should strive for for being that source of unconditional love and when we fail we look at the little ones yes. and they teach us Absolutely. I, I feel like our audience has a pretty good handle around that corgi enthusiasts pet enthusiasts yes. yeah Yes. Well, I want to take um, your words, Caroline, a regal dog dynasty. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us what you mean by that? So, I mean, I can show you the yes. back matter of the book, which is it's kind of remarkable when you see it on the page. So this is Susan's family tree. You have the lineage. I see the and I don't know if you can see, I'll go back, all 14 generations. Wow. Um, so those, those listening, not viewing on YouTube, if you're listening on our platform, 
uh, Carolina is showing us there's a page in her book. So this is in the published book, correct? This is in the published book. Okay. And so 14 generations of the Queen's Corgis were all descended from this one dog. And it, again, it just shows the strength of the bond that she had with Susan. And also the fact that Susan had been given to her by her beloved father who had died young. She just didn't want that legacy to end. And she, yeah, until 2018, which is when Susan's last descendant died, she... At that time, she decided to stop breeding them because she, bless her, and again, you will all understand this, she didn't want to outlive any of her pets to outlive her because corgis are so loyal, aren't they? Yes, She they really, um, she made that very hard decision. And then she was gifted two corgi puppies during the pandemic when her husband died. Yes. Which, and one, one preceded her. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. And then they, so she had two at the time of her death, Mick and Sandy, who she absolutely adored. And I think her dresser, Angela Kelly, said that they were worried about her, at, at someone of that age in their 90s, taking on two puppies. But she said that they were absolute lifeline for her. Godsend was the word that she used. And that the Queen was still in her 96th year taking those puppies out for long walks on her Balmoral estate and in Windsor, which is just such a lovely image, isn't it? Just, I think she was always happiest with her dog. So to know that her last months were spent with these lovely, rambunctious puppies is a really nice thought, I think, actually. Very, very much so. Kept her, kept her young. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. They do. They do bring you, bring you some youth, especially yeah. a puppy because they're exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> in the in the most delightful way, of course. Yes, they're full on for sure. Yeah. They brought and her I, a lot of joy. Well, and I also read, and this is hearsay, but I also read that uh, that last generation of her corgis before she was gifted the puppies, mm -hmm. that they're trip hazard, and that was part of why. She couldn't really get them at her age, which to me makes complete sense because they are a trip hazard to anyone able-bodied. Yes, <laughs> that's a good they, point. Yes. They are herders and they yes. nip and they are low to the ground and they get under your feet. And <laughs> do yes. All so I guess they would have had to take extra care with that. But she certainly, she, she had so much um, love for those animals. And I, I don't know if you watched any of the funeral, but for me, one of the most poignant moments was seeing those two corgis, adolescent corgis, I guess they are now, um, waiting outside Windsor Castle for her oh coffin to arrive. It really, oh my goodness. Oh, I know. Brought tears to my eyes. Absolutely heartbreaking. But again, the fact that they chose to include them in such a prominent part of the ceremony was really um, just showing how important all of those corgis were to her life. And they were lying down. It, yeah. I mean, they picked up. They're on waiting the for her. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So sad. So sad. Oh my goodness. Well, we've talked a little bit about why you think uh, why you think the queen sort of took on corgis, and mm -hmm. I think, I, I mean, I love that rebellious nature. You have mm -hmm. to live this very sort of structured life. Not even sort of, very structured, structured very just full of rules. Yeah, and I mean the the punk rock dog like the corgi that says rules. <laughs> I can see why that was a perfect dog for a matriarch. Exactly. <laughs> but also she loved to go, you know, she was really, um, when she was younger, she said she she wanted to be a farmer or a farmer's wife. That was her dream. She really, her, she was always happiest in her walking clothes, going for very, very long walks, even in very inclement weather, you know, England and Scotland in particular, it can be very rainy and cold, never put her off. She was out there hiking and walking and with the dogs. And she was a real country girl. Um, yes much more at home doing that than doing all of the tiaras and the dressing up and corgis as you know they love they need a lot of exercise they need a lot of stimulation and she wanted to have those dogs that could keep up with her and that that also were very at home in those rural environments because that was definitely where she was happiest so your book is a largely children's book for all ages mm -hmm. is this 
is this a bit of a biopic then? It certainly is. It's a, it is a biography, um, obviously starting with the Queen's younger life. But if you look, the, the illustrator did such an incredible job. If, if I, sorry, if you yes. take off the sleeve of the book, it's, um, I don't know if you can see. Oh, I it, love it. So it sort of starts with the young queen and then beneath the sleeve, there's a beautiful picture of the, the older queen. So it's, it's a tribute book and it's certainly at Corgi Beach Day. Um, I wrote a lot of dedications to corgis for this. I think a lot of people of all ages can really use this as a tribute to a remarkable woman and to the woman who really did so much for the corgi breed uh, around the world, I think. Yes. Yeah, 100%. And I love that you made it to Corgi Beach Day. It's yes. the it was the 10th anniversary yeah. of Corgi Beach Day. And Dan and Kelly McLemore, owners of Corgi Beach Day, unveiled the largest corgi statue in North America. Wow. Um, looks just like Mr. Pickles yes, in, his, in his Hawaiian shirt and everything. <laughs> I got a great picture of Chuckles right next to it. So sweet. And, and yeah. his Demacorgan costume, but I got a picture of him right right next to the the Mr. Pickles statue. But it was so wonderful meeting you, Caroline. I'm so glad. I'm going to share. Uh, for those watching, we have, you can go to www.carolineperryauthor.com. And that banner is on the screen. Please go over to our YouTube. I will also drop the link in the comments so that you can go. November 22nd is the release date. So if you're viewing or listening as of November 22nd, you can go to this website and it will direct you on where you can purchase this book or anywhere where you can purchase books. And it's also available for pre-order now if anyone wants to just uh, ah, get so pre-order in there. <laughs> Caroline Perry author.com p-e-r-r-y p-e-r-r-y because if you're getting it for the holidays any yes. any of those december holidays you probably want to pre-order it so it gets to you in time yes yes well uh, is that my christmas present <laughs> maybe <laughs> well thank you so much caroline for thank sharing you your story much. yes and we definitely look forward to the book and thank do you, you think that there's going to be more corgi literature in the future I mean, I hope so. There's an endless source of stories from these amazing dogs, isn't there? <laughs> indeed, indeed. Yes. And, and there are already corgis in the UK, actually. They've had a huge resurgence. I just, uh, there was an article a couple of weeks ago saying that puppies in the UK, corgi puppies are now selling for $7,000 because there's such oh, demand that? now after the Queen's passing. There's a huge, uh, another spotlight on the breed. So it's going to be interesting to see, hopefully, because at one point they were an endangered breed in the UK. So it's really great to see that yes. they're, they're coming back. And that would make the Queen very happy, I think, to see indeed. more corgis. Indeed. And, and I'm, and I'm going to do the plug as long as the breeders are yes. reputable and wonderful. Doing the genetic testing, please test before DM. Kat is wearing Team Hammer shirt. I'm wearing the Team Hammer shirt we, to test for DM. Yes, we have. I have a DM corgi. He's a rescue. He has degenerative myelopathy. Oh. And we're big proponents of testing before breeding. So Absolutely. if you're listening, viewing, wanting a corgi, we highly recommend, please get a breeder that does the, does the testing. Yes. Yeah, and the I, was, I was encouraging people when the queen died, they were wanting to send flowers and to send, you know, Paddington bear stuffies. And I said, no, I said, donate to the queen's best dumpy dog rescue. That, yes. Give that money you would have spent on flowers. And that would have made her so happy to think you were helping Indeed. corgis who Indeed. needed it. So. And Queen's Best has really has really grown over yes. the last decade. They they have invested recently in a big piece of land where they yeah. can have these corgis run around. If it weren't for Queen's Best, I wouldn't have Hammer. 
Aww. I didn't. I that's my DM Corgi. He did yeah. before we knew he had DM. He just got his diagnosis this year, but right. he's he's twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, I so I consider myself pretty lucky that way because Indeed. they get it as early as eight. Wow. But he was a Craigslist ad, which is oh. a dangerous place for yeah. dogs. Yes. And uh, Queen's Best had found the ad and had shared it on their page. And so I wound up going and, and getting Aww. them. So I'm very grateful. But yes, thank you for that. We're very pro rescue here. Yes, you know, if absolutely. You, if you, I have two rescues. If you, you don't, one. yeah, Digby's our rescue. Um, we can't, we don't always have the, the health testing, you know, yes. and that, that background. So you'd be prepared. But if you get a puppy, uh, you can prevent some of these by testing before breeding. Yes, so. absolutely. Responsible breeding for sure, 100%. Yes. And sometimes with popularity of the breed, some bad comes with the good. And- yes, and that wouldn't make the queen happy, would it? No, no, it would not. So UK, so- make sure you get tested. Absolutely. We have breed out DM. We have shade out DM. The UK has breed out DM. They have oh, breed out. Okay. Yes. Beautiful. Breed out. Yes. We need to bring, I need to bring them on the show. Yeah. Well, okay. Caroline, thank you so much. We're really Thanks. good at segueing. Thank you so uh, much. I really appreciate it. It's lovely to meet you at Corgi Beach Day. Likewise. I hope we can meet again. I hope so. It's and such a great event. I had such a good time. <laughs> it is. It's it just, it's a whirlwind. You're there yes. and then before the end of the day and you say what happened i've pet so many yes. corgis today yes yeah, so many corgi cuddles that's definitely the highlight isn't it so- <laughs> yes that's why we go that's yes. why we go well i'm going to share one more time for the audience carolineperryauthor.com november 22nd release date pre-order before then or if you are listening or viewing after november 22nd you can go to the website or purchase books um get the queen's the corgi and the queen here we go i have a a picture of the bookmark mm-hmm. so you don't want to miss out caroline thank you so much we hope thank you have you. a wonderful I'm be doing a number of signing events in bookstores in uh, in california so i'll put those up on the website if anyone wants to come and say hi and perfect and stickers and <laughs> yeah come to arizona well come to arizona and do your book signing we'll uh go oh, to usa will show up there we'll go oh, live I'd love to. absolutely we have to plan for sure i'd love to okay perfect. we will keep in touch thank you so much thank you have a great evening bye 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 I can't wait for the book. <laughs> my my house is being filled up with corgi swag and corgi stories. And corgi and- everything. And, and uh, that's interesting that there's, a, well, with our last guest from England, it was interesting that, um, you know, corgis weren't as popular a breed. And now that uh, the queen has passed, they become popular again. I That's, that's weird to me. I maybe commemorative. Maybe commemorative. But again, you know, that the whole DM thing. But that's, but you know, that happens every time when someone uh, famous passes, mm-hmm. there's a lot of interest. Yes, indeed. I mean, that's, think about when Elvis passed away, I, he, his records were flying off shelves indeed. and yes. um, Heath Ledger, when he did the Joker movie, it was one of the highest grossing films of that. I think it was the highest of that year. Yes. You know, there's always a lot of interest. I think people get heavy in their hearts and we forget how short life is until yep. we lose someone that we're excited about. and. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So this is, I, I look forward to the, to the book. Yeah, me too. So you can get it, The Corgi and the Queen, November 22nd, carolineperryauthor.com. Get your copy. And we are here for you every week, all things Corgi and Dog Lifestyle. Please follow us on the socials, uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Corgi Town USA. And we would love to hear from you what you want us to talk about next Every Thursday, new episodes from Candy, Cat, Chuckles, the rest of the Corgi Committee. Good night. See you next week.